0: All right, y'all, here's a quote about Shelley. At the beginning of the podcast, I read a quote. Here we go. The more we study, the more we discover our ignorance.
1: <laughs> Are you channeling a goblin? Why did you say that like a Spider Man villain? Like, that was so weird.
2: Shell's bells for this episode. What do you think about that? Uh, Shell's Bells is that Yeah, just say it like that. (laughs) that. That's perfect. Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) What about Shell's fellas?
2: (laughs) Shell's fellas. What about Shell's Angels? <laughs>
1: that's, Wait, that's good.
2: Shell's Angels. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. All
1: right, Rachel, let's start this. Let's get Shell's Angels up in here. Okay.
0: All right. So these are the Shell of Fellas. <laughs>
2: let's get Shellified. Shell of I'll
1: cast a shell on you. Ooh.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. P
0: U, that's Shelly. We did talk
2: about like good puns for the title, but Jackie and I were only making puns about his middle name, which is Bish, and his first name is Percy. Sorry, guys. This is about Percy Bish Shelley. He's still
1: laughing at his own joke that neither of us laughed at. I like a really bad joke.
0: I love it. Yeah, we know. When a joke is really bad, it's so great. Mm -hmm. P-U. That's Shelley.
2: Wait, Theo, you tell people what the show is.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is the podcast where we look at all the books in the Western canon and the author's of those
2: books, thereof, <laughs> uh,
0: therein, and we decide
2: <laughs> the d- authors therein.
0: <laughs> uh, and we decide who stays, who goes. We're the arbiters. We're the deciders. We're the kings and queens of deciding.
2: We're shellos fellows.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, we're shellos fellows in this episode. We're shells angels. And what did what to be shell bells? Shells bells.
2: Shells bells. Shell bells. <laughs> I didn't need it to be said like that. Yeah, you told me to say <laughs> it like that.
1: Actually, it's a disorder I have. I can't say it any other way. I really wish I could. Damn that's bad because
0: not many people have that disorder, so I bet they haven't researched any treatments.
1: I well, yeah, it's unnamed, yeah, so it's an orphan disorder.
0: <laughs> anyway. shouldn't
2: they call it like the Shell's Bells disorder or something?
0: I think they should call it the Jackie disorder.
2: Oh, the ja- <laughs> a disorder named after me, Burtonitis.
1: I've always dreamed of this, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, a disorder named after me, it would probably no, it wouldn't be that, it would be like migraines. Short stature. What else is part of my syndrome?
2: Seventeen cats.
1: Yeah. Oh. Constant
2: acquisition of cats.
1: Needless to say, there are lots of options. Overgrowth of the eyebrows. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of options. Cat hoarding behavior. Yeah. Cat
0: warming or hoarding. (laughs)
1: Both. Cat
2: warming.
0: All right. Let's introduce your hosts. Rachel, Jackie. Just say something sweet.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel. I'm the sweetest host.
0: obviously. Jackie's the nasty one.
2: <laughs> I know.
0: Jackie got nasty one immediately in this episode. Oh my
2: gosh. Go on. Say who you are. Explain yourself. I'm Jackie. I'm the nasty one. Yeah. She's the nasty one. All right. He well, told me to say
1: something sweet. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You know
0: that's nasty. I'm Theo. I'm the executive producer. I basically keep things rolling around here.
2: He's the executive producer again. Now
1: that we're not recording with a man who's older than Theo, he's gone back into his rightful place. (laughs) When we recorded with Ross, he he did not call himself the executive producer, and Rachel and I called him out.
2: You'll find that out in the episode that airs after this one.
1: (laughs) Ross? Who's Ross? That adds suspense. There you go.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: For some reason, Jackie, we don't have to include this in the podcast, but for some reason when you said that, a man who's older than Theo, you were recording with a man who's older than Theo, I thought you meant the birthday episode for me that we recorded because (laughs) I was 30 in the birthday episode and I'm only 29 still now.
1: (laughs) That is not what I meant, but
2: kudos to you I was a man
0: who was older than Theo at that time.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's weird, isn't it? We've achieved time travel. It's useless. It's useless. Useless.
1: <laughs> Wait, did we... Because technically you can go forward in time, but you can never go back. Everybody does go forward in time. No, compared to everyone else. What? Yes.
0: She means more forward.
1: <laughs> if I were to go up into and orbit the Earth, uh-huh. yeah. I would come down and I'd be a little bit younger than you guys.
2: I know. Well, you don't even have to orbit the Earth. Yeah,
1: you don't have to orbit. You just have to be...
2: Just work on it, the top of a skyscraper. You
1: just have to be like up there a little bit. We
2: learned that in our... Uh, yeah, Rachel and I s- took astronomy. Astronomy together. class with Dan Dan the puffin man yeah and it really stuck with both of us apparently (laughs) it did
1: um i think you know i was only two classes away from having a whole astronomy minor whoa
2: and you decided not to go for it
1: i didn't have time i was two classes away from having all sorts of minors that jackie syndrome
2: seems like it should be a humble brag but it's not that's
1: part of the syndrome
2: it's not no it's uh,
1: indecisiveness
0: well do we have any more introducing to do or should i just tell you the funny thing i saw at the laundromat today
2: well let me tell you what the episode's about (laughs) okay And why. (laughs) Why it's about.
0: And therein.
2: (laughs) Therein lies the episode. Here's the thing that it's in. We next week are releasing an episode that we have already recorded with Jackie's former poetry professor, Ross. What's his last name? White. Ross White.
0: Can we say previous poetry professor? so we can make use of our pop filters.
2: Okay. We previously recorded a podcast with Jackie's previous poetry professor. Cross Ross White. White. <laughs> and it was about one of his favorite poems. You don't have to say poems. White. That
1: was just a joke. His name is White.
2: <laughs> I'm continuing the joke. Anyway, okay. I'm continuing the joke, and the episode was about one of Professor White's favorite poems, Ozymandias, by Percy Bysshe Shelley. And I thought, you know what? Shelley led a crazy life. So we should do an episode talking about that life before we just kind of thrust you all headfirst into one of his poems.
1: There's no way you could have a middle name Bish and not have a crazy life. It doesn't matter what time period.
2: <laughs> Living that Bish life. Can we say the titles we were that we discussed? Yeah, I think I said,
1: I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100% that bitch. Yeah,
2: that was Jackie's.
1: Okay, so 100% that bitch,
2: <laughs> And mine was, life's a bitch, and then you die in a mysterious boating accident, which you'll soon understand. Oh no, you just spoiled his entire death. <laughs> Sorry. But it's mysterious. So you can't really spoil it. Theo, can you come up with one? Um,
0: I don't think I'm supposed to say that word. <laughs> come on.
1: Bish, please. I love bad bishes. That's my fucking problem. <laughs> Who said that, Kanye? Or, no, no, sorry. That was Carrot Top. That was Carrot Top.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. Probably something about like 99 problems and bish ain't one of them.
1: Bish
0: yeah, yeah, ain't pretty one good. of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's catchy, right?
2: I have 99 problems and a bish is not one of it's, them. It's not among them. It's not <laughs> one of the problems. Problems therein, <laughs> <laughs> good
1: job, Theo. Good job.
0: The undersigned has ninety-nine problems, and a bish is not one of them.
1: <laughs> Wherein bish shall stand for client, <laughs>
2: what? of which I do not have. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: cool. Glad we got that out
2: of the way. Tell us your tale.
0: All right, I'll tell you my tale. I don't. Hmm. I don't think I really came up with the best way to tell this. so We'll see what happens. It's a very short tale. Curtains open on me sitting at the laundromat. Because I'm rich. At this laundromat, you could choose the option of dropping your laundry off with the laundromat owners, and they do it, and they fold it for you. It's one of those places. hmm Ooh. So I see someone come over to pick up their laundry, and they go over to the counter, and they... Hand the the woman there like a little note saying, or you know, saying this is my laundry. Get my laundry. (laughs) This is a robbery.
1: Give
2: me all the money. (laughs) A note saying this is my laundry.
0: (laughs) I don't know what the note said. It was like a ticket or something that they gave for the person for pickup for their laundry.
2: It probably said like you're
1: cute. (laughs) Boom.
0: a note said, (laughs) "This is my laundry. Please wash this note." (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no. So then the woman took the little ticket and then walked away to the back to go get the laundry, and when she left, the guy saw lollipops like a bowl of lollipops on the counter and he just quickly starts like rummaging through them and grabbing lots of them like he didn't just grab a handful <laughs> he was clearly getting his favorite flavors and so he goes through and grabs them grabs them grabs them and then stuffs them all in his pocket and then the laundromat owner comes back gives oh my it,
1: god it was a robbery <laughs> gives him his
0: laundry. and then he takes his laundry and you can see him walking away and he seemed like a little nervous like he just thinks like oh my gosh, I just did something really dangerous. And then she goes, wait, wait. wait.
2: How many do you think he took first? Probably eight. Like little dum-dums or chupa-chups? Dumdums. dums Are we talking Tootsie okay. Roll Pops? Because those things are, they got some girth. <laughs> we talking teepees?
1: <laughs> so he was
0: walking away, and you could tell he was a little like flustered about the whole thing. And she yes. said, wait. And he turned around and she said, here. And she picked up a lollipop and <laughs> handed it to him. And he just smiled and said, thank you. And took it. And walked out. Isn't that crazy? That
1: should have been the moment where he said, "Okay, I confess.
2: You can have them." <laughs> yeah.
0: That's when he should have said, "Like, I already took all my favorite flavors. You don't need to give me this one."
1: Oh man,
2: how many did you take?
0: I didn't take any because I didn't. I didn't do that. Because that
1: guy took all your favorite flavors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That guy is like you with the apple jacks at Oberlin.
0: I was kind of thinking this guy deserves an award.
1: Hmm. What would that award be? Like a lollipop, the most, <laughs> most lollipops
2: in one pocket. I love that
0: guy. I mean, you, the thing is, I feel like at that moment I learned everything about him that I needed to learn. Right?
2: Cool under pressure.
0: <laughs> that is so telling.
2: Yeah. Sticky fingers. Loves lollipops. Loves lollipops.
0: <laughs> Clearly, would be a great friend.
1: I honestly, I'm not joking about this. I have a. I feel like there's a non-zero possibility that she saw what he did on like the camera in the back, and she did that on purpose to make him feel bad. Like, wait a second. What? Come back and get another one. Oh,
0: and then she gave him the poisoned one.
1: People
2: who act like that, they're not going to feel bad about more lollipops.
1: I think that's what I would do. If I saw a guy like frantically stealing a bunch of lollipops, I think I would say, hey, wait. Give
2: him more lollipops? And then I'd look
1: him in the eye and I'd say, don't you want a lollipop? But I wouldn't be smiling.
2: No, you need to be like, would you like a lollipop to go with all those lollipops? No, I I wouldn't say that. that
0: I would just say. Then
2: he wouldn't assume you know.
0: Or you say, here's a lollipop. I know where you keep them and then just put them in the pocket with all the others.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That's sexual (laughs) (laughs) harassment. I'm telling
2: you, as someone who takes a lot of free candy... That would not make me feel bad. But I don't dig for my favorite flavor because I don't have favorite flavors.
1: Okay. But if she did, she'd become a little lollipop goblin.
2: But I do take all the time. There are these restaurants we go to where they have these tiny little mints. And I always say, "Steven, you want some mints? And he never takes mints. So I always have to take like 20 mints and then he eats most of them on the car ride home.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
2: But he has minty fresh breath.
0: But he's too scared to take them himself?
2: He, I don't know if he's too scared or if he thinks he doesn't like them, but I always take a ton of them. And then he'll also, they're just nice to have in my purse because he frequently asks if I have mints, and I do because of my time at that restaurant.
1: This is great.
2: They're tiny, though. They're like this big, like smaller than a dime.
1: Well, it's like fruit. It's like the bigger it is, the more flavor it's lost. But I think Steven only likes things that he didn't get himself. I think it tastes so much better to him when it comes from you. Is that true? Yeah, because she's always, like, saying, Stephen, do you want something? And he's like, no, and then he just eats whatever she has. Or he's like,
2: mm. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was complaining about Stephen eating all the candy that I had for myself, and I told my friend Svein about it, and he was like, that's totally reasonable behavior from him. And I was like, what? And he said, yeah, I will buy candy. So I like to buy candy and I'll eat, like, a piece a week or something. Stephen will eat, like, eight pieces a day and then the bag is going to be gone. Hell so I told yeah. Spain because Steven's like just don't keep candy in the house. And I said I want to because I want to be able to eat candy whenever I want. I don't want to have to buy it fresh every time. Hide it. Hide it in, in your pillow. Spain said that he tried that. He said he spoke to his girlfriend and said please hide this candy from me. Like I don't want to eat it that fast. Steven won't
1: stop coming over and eating all of it.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. So he said please hide this candy. And then he said like a couple days later he went frantic like searching around the apartment for this candy and he said he ended up picking her up and shaking her and saying where's the candy give me the candy
1: (laughs) Some candy like fell out of her nostrils and her ears and stuff yeah oh my
0: god something's up with his brain
2: (laughs) yeah
1: i hope his girlfriend isn't a baby
2: well wife now oh god he married a baby (laughs) yeah (laughs) beautiful wedding no she's an
1: adult actually well how long ago was their wedding (laughs) a couple months 30 40 years ago okay All right, why don't we get into Shelly here? (laughs) Yeah. Okay.
2: Okay, is that the end of your tale, Theo?
0: Basically. I guess, well, one other thing I just realized is I would be very suspicious if I were walking away and someone said, hey, you forgot to get a lollipop.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
0: normally people just think, oh they didn't take a lollipop
1: yeah that's what I'm saying she did that on purpose she knew
2: no maybe he comes in every week and he always takes a lollipop Mm. and she knows that so that's why she was like oh you forgot yeah Mm. there's only one solution what find him become his friend and ask him about it yeah. Bring him on the pod. <gasps> get him on the pod. Oh,
1: my god! I think I know how you can get him to be your friend, too. <laughs> Trail of lollipops <laughs> leading to your apartment. <laughs> this is not even a story. This is just a single sentence. But I saw something today I thought was funny. Um, so I Did was it or comma? I saw something today I thought was funny. Period. Oh, yeah. you just,
0: sorry, you said it was going to be a single sentence, so I was like, "What's going on?"
1: Yeah, so that's going to be more than one already. Oh, you're right. Okay, sorry. Colon maybe. Yeah, colon. I was out doing an errand, and I saw a bunch of like bumper stickers that somebody had put all over this like one pole. It was like the neighborhood poll where all the bumper stickers go and I was like oh I bet I could put a fire the cannon sticker on there if Rachel ever sends me one. Semicolon. <laughs> and I looked and there was one one sticker that just said I like Cincinnati. <laughs> and it was in Cincinnati right? Yeah.
0: It wasn't an I heart Cincinnati. It's not an
1: I heart yeah it was just I, I like Cincinnati <laughs> I was like I feel that <laughs> Commitment issues
2: Is that you or are you like I like it but I don't want to live
1: here? <laughs> oh 100% yeah. Oh. Wow. I was like Cincinnati is fine that's the bumper sticker. Where are you gonna live next? Atlanta.
2: Wherever I live. hmm mm. Yeah. We're
1: making money moves. Shit.
2: Like moving to go from zeroed money to some money. Roommates twenty twenty four, baby. Are you trying to move into my house? Oh, yeah. I can't figure I'm out be what, in what you want your room with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just said we're gonna be roommates. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't figure out what you want. Well, first we talked about you living in a hermitage on the land. We did talk about now that. you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> we're sharing a room. <laughs>
1: Okay, I have a really funny story about Rachel as a roommate. Um, one time, Rachel had an unauthorized roommate in this house that we lived in, and uh, we she asked. There were four of others of us, and Rachel asked the four of us, "Can I get a bird?" And we said, "No, birds are not allowed in the lease." And she said, okay. And she got a bird. (laughs) And she didn't tell any of us about it. And it would chirp. You would hear this bird chirping in her room. And Rachel took up whistling to try to, like, cover up the sound of the bird. (laughs) But it was so obvious. Like, Rachel, why are you just whistling away in there? And then
2: you guys immediately got two cats as soon as I moved out, by the way. Yeah, because you
1: broke the seal. You (laughs) broke the seal. You said, you know what? It was fine. You know,
2: a bird is a lot less damaging to the house than kittens.
1: I had to wipe up a lot of bird shit off that windowsill, though, I do have to say.
0: Honestly, I think I would find it pretty insulting if someone started whistling, thinking they could trick me into thinking they were
1: a
2: bird. Let me just say, I put up with a lot of shit from, the other, from one roommate in particular. <laughs> yeah, we know, we, we know. We say that.
1: It wasn't me. Can we say that it wasn't me?
2: Two roommates. Actually, no, I wasn't even thinking about you, but I did put up with a lot of shit from your unauthorized roommate. That's Whoa. true. Not from me. <laughs> no. A man she brought into the abode who we hate. <sighs>
1: we hate.
0: Cody.
2: Not... <laughs> Um, (laughs) Yeah, Jackie brought Cody in.
0: The other issue with Rachel's plan is when she picked up the bird on her way back, she stopped by my house. And it's like, I could have easily mentioned to Jackie that I had seen your new bird. Yeah, like... (laughs) But you didn't tell me not to tell her.
2: Clearly, I didn't care that much. Do you think I would have gone to Theo and
1: said, hey, I hear something that sounds a lot like bird chirping from Rachel's room, but then sometimes she whistles, so what do you think, Theo? Do you think there might be a... Like, that wouldn't happen. Well, I no,
0: I might be with both of you and say... How's the bird, Rachel? And, and you would go, <laughs> and then, I
2: would be like, oh yeah, bird, Rachel, the nickname that I've given myself now that I've started tweeting a lot. And yeah. then you wink. Yeah. yeah oh,
0: yeah. and Theo, I also took up whistling.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, cool. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, the equivalent of that, if I had tried... <laughs> <laughs> like, so when we got our cats the next year after Rachel moved out, me and somebody else both got kittens. Okay, those cats, like, sometimes threw up and, like, I don't know. Like, what if I just it was like, oh, you noticed there was some vomit on the air vent? Bleh! That was me. I started vomiting. <laughs> yeah, I started <laughs> vomiting on the air vents lately. I also started knocking things off the counter. Oh,
0: the litter box? <laughs> I just stopped wanting to use the toilet.
1: <laughs> it's more environmentally friendly. <laughs> we are in Carborough after all. <laughs> All right, let's hear about Shelley.
2: I've got some funny things about this man. So Shelley was born August fourth, seventeen ninety-two, and he died on July eighth, eighteen twenty-two. So he was only twenty-nine when he died.
0: Wow, years young.
2: Yeah. Oh my God, Theo. The same age Theo is now. <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: I'm about to accomplish something that he didn't in one week.
2: A few more days. Five few days. More days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, I think you shouldn't have said that, Theo. I think- it's the Shelly
0: curse. It's the bish curse.
1: Yeah.
2: Son of a bish. Yeah.
0: Curse of the bish.
2: Curse of the bish. <laughs> That's
0: not a saying. It's just something I said.
2: The curse of the bish.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. So Theo has ruined that for himself. He's cursed himself. Oh, gosh. See if you make it to 30 now. Bish cursed. Yeah, bish cursed. Okay. Going to bish slap you.
2: It's like a bish slap, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's the most famous for his poetry, of which we recorded one episode. Okay, I lost myself. We recorded one episode about one of his poems, which you guys will hear soon. But he also wrote a lot of, like, very radical prose essays that didn't get widely published until a long time after he died. Hmm. Quite radical, in fact.
1: Do radical prose essays
2: ever get widely published? I mean, they're widely published now. Explain. Can you name one? I mean, what is it? The <laughs> Scum Manifesto. I would call that widely published. Okay. That's true.
1: <laughs> and radical, indeed. I mean, it's not—you're not, not going to find it, like, at, on the bestseller table at Barnes & Noble.
2: What about A Modest Proposal? A modest proposal was all over the place. Yeah, I guess, I guess.
1: All right, move on.
2: (laughs) Consider yourself (laughs) bish-slapped.
1: I just wanted to know a name.
2: (laughs) So he was born to a wealthy family. He was the fourth child and the oldest son. And so this will come up later. It's kind of strange because his mom was the daughter of like a wealthy butcher, but his dad, what, Theo just nodded like, yeah, yeah, butcher money. (laughs) I'm familiar. (laughs) His dad was Sir Timothy Shelley, and his mother was Elizabeth Pilford.
1: I always thought you were going to say Sir Timothy Chalamet.
2: I know. I thought that too when I looked
1: at it. Why does
0: he keep coming up?
1: (laughs) Timothy Chalamet is how I, my brain filled it out. I tried to tag Theo in our Mother's Day post on Instagram the other day, and I, I didn't know if he still had an Instagram or not, because he likes to delete it every once in a while. So I typed like T-C-H-A, and it came up Timothy Chalamet, and I was like, nope, not who I'm trying to tag in this picture with Nell.
2: You should have tagged him. We'd probably have gotten more attention. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. So he ended up. After his early childhood, he was sent off to, like, different boarding schools. So when he lived at home, he was, like, very close to his mother and his sisters and had a good relationship with them. And then he ended up going to a school called Scion House Academy. Mm -hmm. And after that, he went to Eton, which you guys have perhaps heard of, but it's, like, a very fancy boarding school. Oh, yeah. There was this, like, tradition there where, like, the younger boys had to be the servants of the older boys. And Shelly, like, wasn't interested (laughs) And also, he was kind of standoffish. And so, they came up with this pastime where it was literally just bullying Shelly and they called it Shelly baiting. Ooh. Really? They named it after him? Well, if they were bullying him, yeah. they, they didn't just bully anyone and call it Shelly baiting.
0: <laughs> Is it B A I T? Yeah.
2: Okay. Sorry. It's not like masturbating, <laughs> it's like bull baiting. Got it. <laughs> That would be funny, though, if he's like, Ooh, no, I'll be doing a little Shelly baiting of my own later or whatever. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Well, why, why was he such a target?
1: Was he small? Was he weak?
2: He was just he was just a weirdo and he wasn't interested in participating in the
1: The slave traditions that he
2: thought were stupid. Yeah. And also, here's one other reason is he had another nickname at the school, which was Mad Shelly, because he would just blow things up.
1: (laughs) Are you blow them up? Physically blow them up?
2: (laughs) Like physically blow them up. He was famous for he stole a bunch of gunpowder and he just like blew things up with it.
1: Huh. Hmm.
2: So that was his nickname.
1: Can you tell me how you blow something up with gunpowder? Legally, no. Oh. (laughs) How about illegally?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I could.
1: It's just fireworks. I mean, do you just set it on fire?
2: Um, you probably put it in something and then...
1: <laughs> and then you put a little...
2: Like, maybe pack a hollow tree trunk with it and make a fuse. And th- I'm just speculating, FBI. <laughs> I've never even Googled it, even though I've wanted to, but I haven't because I don't want to get put on a watch list.
1: Maybe you drive to Cody's house and maybe you find an empty tree and maybe you put some gunpowder in there. <laughs> yeah. No, so maybe you do that. Maybe you don't. Maybe
0: you allegedly do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So the best they came up with was Mad Shelley...
1: I know. They could have called him, like, Gunpowder Percy or something. Yeah. I mean, that's not that good either. Gunpowder Percy. That sounds cool. They both sound cool. (laughs) Well, after the first time he blew something up with gunpowder, why didn't anyone think, like, hey, we should check and see if that guy has any more gunpowder? Mm. I mean, he kept getting more, I guess. He kept blowing stuff up and blowing stuff up, and they'd be like, all right, surely that's the end of his his powder. Like, that's got to be the end of it. We've given
0: him all the nicknames we can come up with, and he's not stopping.
2: He also shocked a teacher. He shot a teacher. He shocked one of his teachers, like with electricity. Oh, shocked, not just like, oh my gosh, he blew up a tree. No, he like gave him an electric shock.
0: Electricity?
2: Yeah, you heard me. Damn. Oh, he
1: also that harkens back to what we talked about earlier. Our Rachel and my astronomy professor got blown up by a burning tree. What? But he lived.
2: <laughs> Not blown up, burned by a tree.
1: But there was an explosion that burned him.
0: Is this like Moses or something?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, someone set a famous tree on campus on fire and he tried to put it out and it exploded and he burned. And he got succeeded. Burned. Yeah. But he saved the tree.
2: He got badly burned, but he succeeded. Yeah. And he's fine now. Mad Shelley. Uh, so anyway, he also, Shelley was known, they called him Mad Shelly also because he would like fly into these violent rages. And unlike me, he tried to like, he held seances where he would try to raise <laughs> spirits. Yeah, sure, sure,
1: sure. Hmm. And
2: he met a teacher who like encouraged him to study the occult. So why was he like this? Like, were the rest of his siblings also really weird or just him? I don't think so. I don't think they were that weird, at least. I've never heard anything about it.
1: Oh, he's just a self-made freak.
2: I think he was a genius, and he just, like, really hated – he just hated boarding school. He really liked being at home with his family and having, like, the freedom to study whatever he wanted and, like, be outside a lot – and he just was the kind of guy who, if something didn't make sense to him, but it was, like, traditional, he's he wasn't interested. Like, he would not play along with people just because mm. you're supposed to. Theo's mm. okay. so like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like me. No, just like the lollipop guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, little- <laughs> just
1: like my best friend, the lollipop man. Yeah. I mean, we did all kind of go to boarding school together, and I had a great time and didn't want to go back home. But I didn't blow anything up at either place, so.
2: Steven almost got expelled for picking at moss or whatever it was <laughs> what?
0: What? <laughs> it's mad steven
2: <laughs> <laughs> madly yeah, mad steve <laughs> he went out on a roof with one of his friends at governor's school and no they rearranged the moss that's what it was there was some moss on the roof and they kind of rearranged it a little bit and they got caught and he was on probation for the entire governor's school what?
0: but the other guy did get expelled
2: right because he was already on probation and then he did something else uh
0: shouldn't have been on probation oh my
2: god no the th- something else he did was he was really 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 sick and he fell asleep and like couldn't wake up on time and then he told them about it and they're like "You should have told us ahead of time
1: you should have told us ahead of time that you were gonna get deathly ill and not wake up
2: and then they expelled him i do think it was stupid of them to expel him though if you're getting a bunch of like we if you're gonna make a, a summer camp for a bunch of weirdos you have to expect them to be like a little bit weird.
1: Rearranging moss. But
0: everybody knows there are limits. Like, I wouldn't rearrange
2: moss.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's just beyond. Seriously.
2: Well, Stephen did. You want me to get him in here right now to explain himself?
1: Maybe on, <laughs> maybe on a bonus episode. I do okay. want to know why they noticed that the moss was different.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably because it said, like, Stephen kicks ass now. Like, he rearranged uh, it into Steven Stephen, kicks ass, <laughs> 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 Stephen <laughs> kicks ass now. Stephen kicks ass now.
1: All right, so he, <laughs> so Shelley was just a weirdo. We don't know why. All right.
2: Yeah, and he, um, while he was at school, he wrote his first novel and it was published, and he started to get like a little bit of a cult following among the students. And he also became friends with a very radical guy. And I'm about to change my name to that, but I didn't want you guys to know what it was because it's really funny. That's why my name has been pending. Oh. So here it comes. His friend's name was Thomas Jefferson Hogg.
0: What? No relation to the normal Thomas Jefferson?
1: No relation to the hog?
2: (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) I guess that's a
1: little funny. It is funny. Come on, Thomas Jefferson hog. What the heck?
2: Yeah, laugh. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway okay so thomas jefferson hogg was a radical atheist and is that like what?
0: esquire like you can just put it at the end of your name
1: comma hog
2: <laughs> theo chandler comma hog <laughs> well I, I was just thinking to myself i was like
1: that's not that funny to me because i know people with that last name and i just remembered there was a guy in my high school named jeff hogg his name was jeff hogg. It was
2: thomas jeff hogg it was just jeff i feel like any famous person and you add hogg at the end is funny like George Washington hog. Carrot top Martin hog. Martin Luther King hog.
0: Is it because hog is like penis?
2: No. No, because it's like a pig. I no. didn't even know
1: that. Oh, Theo gets the nasty award now. He just taught us something nasty.
2: I knew about it, but I try not to think about people it. People
1: talk about their hogs, you know.
2: Well, I thought it was a motorcycle. <laughs> Jackie, this whole time, thought people were talking about their motorcycle. I did.
0: <laughs> well, they do. <laughs> I mean, that is also a, word for a motorcycle, but. It's,
2: it could be either. You have to use context clues. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All these guys talking about their big motorcycles.
2: Yeah. <laughs> she really loves my motorcycle. <laughs>
1: okay. I could make it worse, but I won't. All right. All right.
2: I'm surprised you guys didn't want to come up with funny, famous names. You could put hog at the end and it would be even funnier. Um, William Shakespeare hog.
0: Hogwarts school of witches and wizardry hog. I don't know. <laughs>
2: I don't think that's that funny, but Harry Potter Hog would be a funny name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Harry Potter Hog Warts is
2: Jackie cool. googling famous people. <laughs> no, my, you
1: guys froze, so I had to turn my video off. Okay, googling famous, but like I can't think of a single famous person. I'm just over here like Lil Wayne <laughs> yeah. Hog, Lil Wayne. You gotta say something other than Lil Wayne, Jackie. You gotta. <laughs> well,
0: I'll tell you, there's a big arts patron in Houston, and her name is I'm a Hog. Are you? -uh. Yeah, it's true. Oh, no. (laughs) Is that that her married name? I can't remember. Mm. I'm a hog. When you don't know it's a name and you hear people talk about, like, oh, the I'm a hog competition.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You show (laughs) up and you go, okay, I got 60 hot dogs right here. When do we start?
2: (laughs) I told you guys, I think my parents knew someone who lived in our neighborhood when I was growing up, and her name was Sandy Heine.
0: Well, wow, that's not a condition you want your knee to be. In. Yeah,
2: <laughs> well, it's funny because we lived at the beach. We we
1: had a neighbor that we always sold <laughs> Girl Scout cookies to, and her name was Winky Assel. Assle Assle Winky, Winky. Assle.
0: What was her middle name? I don't know. <laughs> little i don't know well i mean if it's the thing between the winky and the asshole it'd be like taint or something i don't
2: know like <laughs> Do you think her name was winky taint <laughs> asshole that's
1: what's funny about it is it's like the ass is winking at you winky asshole
0: oh okay well the
1: other one is i uh knew a girl in all county band whose last name was peed so it didn't matter what anybody's first name was it was just their names were always going to form a full sentence
2: yeah there's a girl with that name at our school too
1: that's so unfortunate i would change it
0: yeah Than pooped.
1: Well, I don't know if we can publish this because I just said Winky Asshole Winky Taints Asshole's whole name. (laughs) (laughs)
2: She's not a patron, I don't care about her.
0: (laughs) Winky Asshole Hog.
2: That's pretty good. Okay, so Shelley, he ended up going to Oxford. Winky Asshole Hog. (laughs) Okay, it was a whimsical episode. All right, so Shelley ended up graduating and he went to Oxford. And while he was there, he published an essay called The Necessity of Atheism. And he mailed it to, like, all of the heads of all the colleges of Oxford, and then they knew it was him, and they called him up, and they were like, tell us about this right now. And he just, like, he wouldn't (laughs) admit that he wrote it, even though everybody knew that he did, so he got expelled. Oof. yeah and his dad was really mad so it was like the
1: witch trials like if he had just admitted it then he would have gotten to stay in
2: he probably still would have been expelled or they probably would have said if he admitted it, they probably would have been like you need to refute this and then you can stay or something
1: mm-hmm. like if he had just published a new thing that just said like jk yeah
2: basically or That's if he's like enough. god told me i was wrong so anyway at this time He had been like exchanging letters with a girl who was the classmate of some of his sisters and he was basically complaining to her a lot because he had been in love with a cousin of his named harriet grove jackie and their relationship wasn't working out so he moved on to a new harriet and her name was harriet westbrook and while they were exchanging their letters they kind of went back and forth and they decided like they kind of convinced themselves that her dad was like oppressing her and her older sister also her older sister eliza who will come up later so she like She really encouraged the romance. I think Harriet was 16 and Shelley was 19 at the time. And he was like on vacation one summer and she wrote a lot of letters and she's like you need to help me i'm being oppressed by my dad so he ran back home and he like grabbed her and they ran off to scotland to get married even though he had like philosophical objections to marriage what? which like okay a 19 year old typical but
1: yeah (laughs) so they ran off to get married so like in pride and prejudice like yeah just so that they would have to be allowed to be together
2: not no no no. they ran off because scotland has a lower like age that you're allowed to get married or it used to
1: but, the, but why get married if you don't want to get married?
2: Because she wa- they were in love, and she wanted to get away from her father. So in order to get away from her father, they had to get married. Basically, yeah. So she wanted to. So anyway, of course, both of their fathers like cut off their allowances because they were both pissed. And Shelly's dad—this is why I brought up the thing about Shelly's grandfather being a, like, a butcher. Shelly's dad was like, she's not good enough for you because Harriet's dad had made his money in trade— and, like, owned a tavern and a coffee house. Ew. Yeah. But, like, his own wife's dad, yeah, made his money from being a butcher. So I don't know why it's good enough for the dad, not good enough for the son.
1: Nothing as good as being a butcher. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway, so he and Harriet, yeah. like, they stayed in Edinburgh for a while with his friend Thomas Jefferson Hogg. And Shelley, like, went home to talk to his dad and left Harriet and Hogg together. Oh, no. And when he got back, she's like, he was trying to hook up with me.
0: She stayed true?
2: She did stay true. true. And while he was gone, also her sister Eliza had moved in. So there were four of them when she revealed that Hogg tried to hook up with her. Oh,
1: they're multiplying. I could only handle one girlfriend at a time.
2: Uh, well, at this time, she's not his girlfriend. But so anyway, so Harriet, Eliza and Shelley leave. Hogg is basically out of the story now. So you can forget about him. Bye, Hog. So he was also he had like a very intense relationship with An older spinster school teacher and her name was Elizabeth and he called her he called her like his second self and they were you know intellectual equals and blah 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 they talked about all these ethics and whatever
1: because he thought he was hot shit he was like yeah I'm so much smarter than everybody my age I need an older lady like that.
2: And a younger lady and her <laughs> sister. So he wrote to his, his like platonic girlfriend, basically, and said, hey, let's start a commune. You move in with me and my wife and my wife's sister, and we'll all four live together and share everything.
1: Mm. And
2: she didn't want to do it.
1: I mean, he, he was doing pretty well for a while, so I don't fault him for trying.
2: Acquiring women. Yeah. So Shelley goes on. He meets like a poet that he likes, and that poet introduces him to William Godwin, who is the father— Of his future second wife. Second and last wife.
1: Who is Mary Wollstonecraft Anyway, you know her.
2: Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin Shelley. Yeah. Ah. So anyway, so he writes to Godwin and he's like, hey, I really like you. My dad cut me off. Like, what should I do? Kind of hoping Godwin would give him money. Ah. And Godwin, who I think had been poor and like kind of made some money through working and he could tell Shelly was a rich boy he's like no here's how I did it I worked (laughs) yeah he's like no what you need to do is reconcile with your dad and then give me some of that money
1: as payment for the cool advice
2: no like he just wants money he just wanted some of the money (laughs) So Shelley. So he wrote to this guy and and said, "I need money." And the guy was like,
1: "Here's an idea. How about you give me money?"
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's an idea. You give me money.
0: <laughs> That's basically it. I'm gonna try that with Xfinity.
2: What's Xfinity?
0: Just Wi-Fi. When they ask me for money for Wi-Fi.
2: Say, so how about you ask your dad for money? <laughs> how about you and give me give it money? To me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so Shelley also had these like political beliefs where he really wanted Irish independence and was always trying to get the Irish to realize. That it was all the fault of the English, which, like, is true, but I don't know if they needed him to tell them that. But anyway, so he reconciles with his dad, and his dad gives him some money, so he's like, sweet, time to agitate in Ireland. <laughs> mm. And that doesn't turn out that well for him. Did his dad share those political views? Not at all. Oh, so? He was a
1: wealthy politician- in England. Oh, that's right. So he didn't say to him, "Can I have money so I can go agitate in Ireland?"
2: Right, he was just like, "Sorry, Dad. Sorry <laughs> I did all this stuff. Can you give me money?
1: Also, I got to pay back Mr. Godwin now." <laughs> <sighs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but so stuff happens and like Shelley's neighbors are really upset. He like has stockpiled some weapons and then he eventually is like, "Uh, a bunch of strangers attacked me and stole my stuff." Which people don't know if that really happened, but he also said that multiple times throughout his life. Like, whenever he's having a crisis, he's like, oh, ruffians, they got me. Theo's learning a lot of tips. This guy sounds like, I mean, he's a poet
1: and also like the Unabomber. This is so weird. (laughs) Stockpiling weapons. I think
2: he's still like 21 at the time or like 20 or something. Just some, some young terrorist. That's what
1: that reminds me of.
2: Yeah. They go to Ireland, (laughs) then they go to Wales, and they go back to England, and they're still distributing this subversive literature. And he does actually, for a few months, convince his friend Elizabeth to move in with him. And then she has, like, a big falling out with the couple and leaves. And I think they're not really friends anymore.
1: Yeah, not now. Definitely.
2: Yeah, definitely they're not friends now. (laughs) So all kind of stuff is happening. Uh, He's like trying to get money. He's fighting with his dad. He's having a falling out with his wife's sister because he's like, she has too much influence over you. So like he liked the influence when she was convincing her to marry Shelly. But this guy sounds awful. Do I hate Shelly? Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty bad. At the time, his wife gives birth to a daughter. And they're, like, moving all over the place, trying to get away from his creditors and find a place to live.
1: Lil bish, if you will.
2: And so they go back to London so they can get English married because now that they have a daughter, they're like, we need to make sure that she's legitimate. But he, like, right after their English marriage, they, they kind of have a separation and he's not happy he's like i I wish i hadn't married her (laughs) Uh, and so at the time his wife is in the very early stages of pregnancy and he's living apart from her and visiting godwin basically every day and while he's doing that he is falling in love with godwin's 16 year old daughter mary and he's how old now he's i let me see i can find exactly how old he is
1: he's probably like in his early 20s yeah
2: he's like he's like 22 or something so like i don't like it but for the time not a terrible age gap but also he's married. Yeah. Actually he might have been 21, 21, 22, something like that. But he she's the daughter of Godwin and the feminist author Mary Wollstonecraft who at the time is dead because if she was alive she probably would have been like Robert you need to get him away from our daughter. <laughs> but grossly they confess their love to each other on her mother's grave and I'm pretty sure they have sex on the grave.
1: Yeah, I've heard that too. What? Yeah. Yeah, they, they had sex on her mom's grave. Get a room. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Get a mausoleum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, was it a mausoleum or was it just a tombstone on
1: him? It was just a gravestone, yeah. Hmm. But people do that now, right? People now also have sex on that lady's grave, I thought.
0: Oh, really? Right. It's like a rite of passage?
1: Yeah. A rite of passage. <laughs> I don't know into what, like jail maybe. Wow. Zinger.
2: To Shelley fanaticism. But, okay, so Shelley tells Mary's dad, he says, I'm going to leave my wife and live with your teenage daughter. And Godwin's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're going to leave my house and you're never going to come back. So they elope and they take... For some reason, it worked out so well the first time. They take Mary's stepsister with them and her name is Claire Claremont. Oh god. And Shelley like before they left, he had gotten a loan of like a lot of money and he left almost all of that money with Godwin and his wife Harriet to kind of be like sorry. <laughs>
1: Godwin and his own wife Harriet.
2: Yeah, and Shelley's own wife Godwin has no wife at the time. She's dead.
1: Right. Okay. So I Shelley think. has a wife and she's just by herself.
2: Yeah. She's by herself. She's pregnant. She has one baby. Going
1: through pregnant. Yep.
2: Yeah. So there were like a lot of rumors where people were like, wow, Godwin sold his daughters to Percy Shelley because he left him All like 2,000 pounds or something. Wow. Anyway, so Shelley's traveling with Mary and Claire and they're traveling around Europe. They had to leave England, obviously. This was like a huge scandal. And Shelley asks his wife, Hey, can you meet us in Switzerland and bring all the money that I left behind with you? Oh, my God. Is he going to murder her? Uh, no, he doesn't murder her, but it'll be fine. So anyway, so they she does for for some crazy reason. She doesn't meet her husband in Switzerland To give him and his mistress money. (laughs) Weird. She stays in England.
1: (laughs) You just can't find
2: a good woman anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Mary is also pregnant at this time. So he's got two women pregnant at the moment. Uh And when she hears that um harriet gave birth to a boy named charles who would be the heir to like the shelley family fortune and the title and whatever she's really upset about that so it also turns out harriet's upset or mary's upset mary's upset because mary's pregnant and she finds out oh the wife just gave birth to an heir mary's upset that harriet gave birth to a boy okay right oh god and so shelley's grandfather dies and leaves a bunch of money But it takes a really long time for Shelly and his dad to kind of work out the arrangement. Like, is Shelly going to get any of that money or what? So they're just hopping around Europe trying to escape their creditors.
1: You're telling me no murder happens? This sounds like we're setting up like three or four murders.
2: Well, you just you'll see. So at this point, (laughs) it's it's 1815. Mary gives birth to a a baby girl. It's premature and she dies. The baby dies very, very soon. And it makes her even more upset. And for some reason, Hogg moves back into their household at this time. Oh and she gosh. becomes friends with Hogg. So this there's some kind of weird thing going on. Shelley and Claire are 99% doing it. <sighs> and it's possible that Mary and Hogg also start hooking up. After this weird period, Mary's like, Claire needs to leave. Shelley and Mary like move back to England together. And he publishes a book. Or, like, a very long poem, and nobody likes it. So then, <laughs> a year later, Mary gives birth to a son named William Shelley, and Shelley's like, okay, good, another boy, but I'm very much in deep debt. And also, he's been, like, suffering from delusions and talking about, like, maybe we should run back to Europe.
1: Does he have syphilis? Huh? Does he have syphilis, or he's
2: just organically deluded? I don't know. I think he just has mental mental illness. I don't know what it is. Mm. But, like, whenever stress in his life mounts, he starts to kind of have these delusions. So I don't think it's syphilis, but who knows. So anyway, so the stepsister, Claire, she is hooking up with Lord Byron, and he doesn't want to be with her anymore. So she's (laughs) like— When did Lord Byron come into this? He's he's all over the place at this time. (laughs) He's all over the place. He's all up in everyone's genitals. He's everywhere. Mm. So she's hooking up with Byron, and he obviously wants to break up with her. And she's like, I will introduce him to my brother-in-law because I'm sure that will convince him to stay with me because they're both poets and they'll get along.
1: I will introduce him to my brother-in-law who I also have fucked. Yes. Uh Uh-huh.
2: And that will get this guy to stay with me. Yes, Theo?
1: Who is the she? Who is the she in this? Claire. I said his
2: stepsister Claire is hooking up with Lord Byron or his stepsister-in-law. So she introduces the four of them and they all go to Geneva, which is where um, Frankenstein was written. Mm -hmm. so that's the really famous I'm just
1: imagining this train ride that's gotta be so awkward
2: that must have been one of the worst summers of all time like living (laughs) in that house with those people (laughs) oh it was terrible at least
0: none of them bought a bird
2: (laughs) yeah that's the only thing well actually who knows (laughs) who knows at least none of them were Cody (laughs) Yeah. there was even a fifth guy there there was like another guy and he had kind of a weird sexual fascination with Lord Byron from what I recall (laughs) How
1: do they find these
0: people? it's like Percy, Shelley is like having sex with Claire, but then he just leaves the room and he's just like making sex noises just to pretend like, oh, we weren't having sex. I just do this now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like in that Nathan for you episode where he builds the soundproof box and he's like, <laughs> we just got to have the kids think that this yeah. is what normal sounds are. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So you want to hear something else funny that Shelley did? Mm-hmm. Okay. While he was like traveling around Europe, whenever they stayed in these like fancy houses or like ins or whatever, whenever he signed it, he would usually also say like, Percy Shelley, by the way, I'm an atheist, and other British tourists <laughs> who stayed there would see these things and go home and be like, "Did you hear what Shelley did?" So back home, everybody is like hating him even more. <laughs> They're like really mad at him. Wow.
1: I remember that phase.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know he's like 24, I guess, but that's that's old
1: to be doing that. He
2: got in so much trouble already for going on and on about being an atheist and then now he's like just traveling around europe like seeding the countryside with his declarations of atheism (laughs) (laughs)
1: like i plan to do with all my little fire the cannon stickers (laughs) yeah Yeah.
2: exactly but hopefully people will love us
1: i'm gonna put a fire the cannon sticker and then below that i'm gonna write by the way atheist
2: (laughs) by the way i'm an atheist so here's how it gets even more complicated claire becomes pregnant with byron's child and he's not happy about it. He being Byron. Yeah, Byron is not happy about it. Okay, well,
1: he kind of created the child, so not sure he has. Well, he's not
2: happy about it. I thought about that. So so Shelly, Mary, and Claire, they all leave Switzerland. Claire's pregnant, and the arrangements, they don't really know what's going to happen to the baby, but Shelly did, um, like, make provisions for claire and the baby in his own will so claire is a little suspicious to me but she gives birth to a daughter and the daughter she names her alba and then byron for some reason thinks he has a say in it he's like change her name to allegra and so she does and that's his daughter. And I think she's the one who's the, the famous mathematician. She's the puppet who has the show with the, Yeah, the one, Allegra's Village. Allegra's Window. That's Lord Byron's daughter. The famous mathematician. You're not thinking of Ada
1: Lovelace, right? Who's Allegra? Yeah, that might.
2: Yeah, that's who I'm thinking yeah. of. He had okay. too many kids.
1: So this is just like, if you go to, to Switzerland with this group, you're coming back pregnant. <laughs> There's no getting around it. Somebody's yeah. going to be pregnant. Yeah, a lot of people are pregnant. Everybody's going to be pregnant. <laughs> yeah.
2: Okay, so here's even more complications. He needs to get with women who have no sisters because there's another sister problem coming up. Oh, no. Which is that they find out that Mary's half-sister, Fanny, who no, you've never heard about before, has killed herself, oh, no. which is very sad. And her father believed that Fanny was in love with Shelley and tells Shelley that. And so Shelly feels really, really bad.
1: Like, says she killed herself because she was in love with you? Yeah. Did they even meet? They must have met.
2: They met because he kept going to Godwin's house, like, every day. (sighs) How many times did he get her pregnant? Uh, Zero, from what I know. (laughs) Wow. But, so that was, like, so so he felt really, really bad about that. Oh, no. And a few months later, it turns out that his separated wife harriet had drowned herself (gasps) and at the time she was like she had found a new lover and she was pregnant from this new guy and she thought that he had abandoned her and the baby so she killed herself and in her letter she asked shelly to take care of their son and to give their daughter to her sister eliza who hates shelly finally so a couple weeks after his wife's suicide he marries mary makes it official that's good yeah very classy so and Like, he's still against marriage philosophically, but he keeps doing it. Guys, do we love love in all of its forms? I'm starting to doubt this. I don't know if I would consider this one of the forms of love. (laughs) That's a thing. Okay, so the reason that he married her is because he was trying to get custody of his first two children. And he does not get them. They get sent to foster parents. Like, primarily, well, first because he abandoned his wife and his kids, but a lot of it was because of his, like, loud atheism Mm -hmm. so he loses his children
1: i can't believe that came back to bite him weird
2: i very much and i'm in favor of religious freedom but i think he shouldn't have been so loud about it when these are the consequences like he had a lot of people relying on him i just feel really bad for his kids yeah he kept creating more and more people (laughs) yeah kept creating more people that he was going to disappoint
0: he's kind of like god in that way
2: what? Sorry, what just like God in that way?
1: Yeah.
0: Cuz don't we all feel a little disappointed in God?
1: He's kind of like an executive producer in that way. Whoa. <laughs>
2: Whoa, topical.
0: Topical and offensive. I love it.
2: Okay, so Shelley has moved to a new place in England and Claire and Baby Allegra live with the family and Mary doesn't like that for unknown reasons. W- what do you mean unknown? That's I was being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I totally didn't catch that. (laughs) They're having a really hard time with money because he keeps giving money away. And also, Mary's dad keeps asking for money more and more.
1: Lord Godwin seems to be a little bit of a a weird character. I don't like him. bit of a mooch.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: How is he making money? Does he have to? Or is it all- Shelley,
2: his family is- rich so he gets like an allowance basically
0: it's just all the butcher money it's
2: all butcher money no i think a lot of it is from his dad and like his grandpa's will and also i mean he occasionally sells some writings but not that often
0: <laughs> do you think the only thing that's kept me from getting a lot of people pregnant is that i've had to work
2: you're too busy yeah i mean you are called the lone star lover <laughs> I, the lone star I feel like lover. if you had a really rich grandpa who left you money yeah you'd he would get everyone
1: pregnant. I mean, if you oh. just learned how to multitask, you could probably accomplish a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, true.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, how hard is it to just move the cameras? Whatever, do something else in the meantime. <laughs> Next.
0: Whoa. Well.
2: Jackie's nickname should be the problem solver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Theo's problem never gotten anywhere. Haven't pregnant.
0: sired enough.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're we're getting there. We're moving through his life. It's shorter than you might think. So Shelley claire and mary they're living together in london shelley gets arrested for a couple days because of his debts and he is like in a lot of trouble because of the money thing and his response to that is to write a long narrative poem about incest and atheism (laughs) that's his plan (laughs) And it's immediately withdrawn after it's published.
0: Like he was hoping to win back favor with that?
2: I don't know. I don't know why he did that. That's just what he wanted to write. Okay. Soon after this, he writes Ozymandias, which is the poem we will be covering in our next episode. Ding. Uh, Ding, ding, ding.
0: Insert sound effect here.
2: What's the sound effect going to be? Ding?
0: I'm probably just going to use that where I say insert sound effect here, and I'm going to save that as a sound effect that we can use from time to time.
2: And insert it. Okay. (laughs) I hate that.
0: Insert sound effect here.
2: All right. So Shelly and Mary and Claire decide to leave England because they're you know worried about the religious persecution, basically. And a doctor was also like, yeah, your lungs suck, man. You should go to Italy. They have better air than we do. And he's also got a plan to take... Baby Allegra to her father, Lord Byron, who is also in Italy at the time. Mm-hmm. So they travel for like quite a while, and Shelley leaves Mary and their new baby, Clara, in Tuscany. And he's traveling with Claire and baby Allegra and Lord Byron. These names are all too similar. (laughs) I know. I know. Sorry. But that's just how Mary we have Mary. We have Clara. We have Claire. That's why I'm saying baby Clara and baby Allegra. If it's a baby, I'll tell you. Thanks. So, I mean, well, unfortunately, the babies won't be in the story for long. (laughs) So Byron is like, come stay with me, guys. And Shelly contacts Mary and is like, come with us. Bring baby Clara. So while they're traveling, baby Clara gets really, really sick and dies. And Mary is very depressed. And that kind of really, really hurts her relationship with Shelly, unsurprisingly. And Mm -hmm. he also became, like, very depressed and, like, basically was suicidal. And he wrote some depressing poems so while he's in Naples, he registers, like, he basically claims a baby. Her name is Elena Shelley. He says, I'm the father and marries the mother. What? This is not true. We don't know who baby Elena's parents are. Like, we don't even know if she's Shelley's daughter. And we don't know what happened.
1: Where did he find this baby?
2: Yeah. So people, the speculation is that Shelley like, adopted this baby to make Mary feel better that baby Clara died. But people also think it's possible she was Shelley's daughter with Claire or his daughter with, like, a servant or his daughter with a, quote, unquote, mysterious lady who had followed them to Italy.
1: So, like, she finds him, you know, like, getting it on with someone else. And he's like, I, I thought you would like this.
2: I'm trying to make you a present. Yeah. I'm doing this for you. <laughs>
0: Making a daughter replacement. Yeah. That's psychotic.
2: Yeah, but so okay, so he registers the baptism, and the family like leaves and leaves the baby with some caretakers, and she dies the next year. The ba- baby Elena. Oh my god! So like yet another bad plan from Shelley. Yeah, really. So he's still like doing really poorly. People think he might have had tuberculosis, some other things, but he's like he's writing like mad,
1: like mad, and
2: Shelley. um he like completes some of his yeah he's being mad Shelley again. He completes some of his most famous work. But it's not published in his lifetime because his lifetime is about to come to an end. He has a three-year-old son named William. William dies and that makes him feel even worse.
1: What the, I like how you keep explaining like, and then uh, he felt even worse after that kid died and then this kid died and then he, he was pretty upset about that one too. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> this did nothing to improve his mood. <laughs> true. If You can say
2: one thing about him, it's that he, his mood gets worse when his kids die. After this happens, Mary writes in her diary and she says, we have now lived five years together and if all the events of the five years were blotted out, I might be happy. So Aww. all this stuff has happened within five years. I thought they were like, great lovers aspirational yeah no no okay they were not wow
1: i'd be pretty
0: hurt if someone said that to me
2: if they said if our relationship was blotted out maybe i'd be happy yeah (laughs) Yeah. i mean but what if you cheated on her with her sister and like got her baby killed by forcing her to travel through europe alone and all this other stuff i'm
0: not saying it's not justified but i bet that stung is all i'm saying
2: (laughs) well she wrote it in her diary so i don't know if he found
1: out about it oh okay She should have written it in a long poem about incest. Maybe then he would have read it. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely
2: would have read it. Okay, so later that year, Mary gives birth to another boy, and his name is Percy Florence Shelley.
0: Don't do it.
2: And unfortunately, around the time of Percy's birth, the Shelleys meet one of... Percy's uncle's wards named Sophia. Oh, is she high? And Shelley writes a lot of love poetry for her. <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Shelley? Because while his wife is like taking care of the baby he gets close to Sophia. Mm. so jesus yeah i know seriously so anyway so soon after that they move to pisa italy so they can talk to a doctor while they're there they meet a woman who's like she's an irish republican her name is margaret mason and she's got a husband named george william teague and uh seems like perhaps he falls in love with mason Hard to tell, but he writes some poetry for her.
1: Well, because Teague was just over there, like, trying to get the perfect angle on the tower, you know, like, holding it up. Ah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it took him a while, so she got lonely.
2: It's, I like, so much stuff happened in this guy's life. It's insane to me that he died at the age of 29, you know?
0: To me, it doesn't seem like so much stuff. It's just, like, the same stuff over and over.
2: I, I know. It, it's just, like having lots of sex. I've had this many relationships. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just the same thing. It's just
0: relationship, another relationship, another baby. Go
2: to Italy.
1: Uh-oh. Theo, you have some catching up to do before Monday.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you have to like get nine women pregnant or something. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. So, Shelley he like wrote to his friends and said like, "Oh, Mary's really depressed and she hates me." Like, obviously, dude. Of course she does. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he's like he's continuing to write an essay. He's writing one that's called A Philosophical View of Reform, which is a political essay that was like it's called like one of the greatest political essays in the 19th century. But he doesn't end up finishing it. So he's having a hard time. And he again that
1: people again, I know I've said this before, but it's such bullshit that people can like not finish something and have people be like. That's was awesome. the greatest thing that anyone's ever done. Well, he didn't even finish it. Mm. You don't get to say that. Yeah. You don't know
2: what the end could have been stupid. Yeah. That's true.
0: What if he revised it and just like every word was fart in his revision? Yeah.
2: <laughs> The greatest work of political absurdism of the 19th century. So at this point, he claims that he was assaulted by a ruffian again, which could have been a delusion. Well, it happens to the best of us. And there's some stuff going on. There's a former servant who claimed she was like blackmailing the Shelleys and was like, oh, yeah, Shelley, he impregnated Claire and sent the baby to an orphanage. Everyone involved denied it. And later on, the servant like took it back.
1: But it was true, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. Oh. It could have been true. This is so confusing. (laughs) I was like, yeah, why not? Sure, that's true. That seems true.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, they find out soon that baby Elena, the one that they just left with some randos, died. And Mary and Claire's relationship gets even worse. And she Claire kind of peels off and lives apart from them. So Shelly meets a 19-year-old soon after who is like, living in a convent and he like visits her and they start like exchanging romantic letters how did
1: they even meet with this young girl living in a convent (laughs) she's the daughter
2: of the governor of pisa so i guess they probably met up had a dinner party her dad threw or something you put a girl in a convent you need to keep her there yeah, his dad heard Shelley was coming to Pisa and was like, quick, become a nun. <laughs> yeah. Thing you. <laughs> well, she was not a nun. She was just staying in the convent to a- await, like, a suitable husband, which, mm-hmm. not Shelley. Didn't happen. Hmm. So uh, he writes a poem about her. He does all this stuff. So anyway, Shelley's like, he's still traveling around. He's going to go see Lord Byron. And he makes a detour, basically, to hook up with Claire on his way to Lord Byron. And while he's, like, hanging out with Byron, who's working on his poem Don Juan, he writes to Mary, and he's like, I'm really jealous of Byron. <laughs> so their relationship is as bad as it gets, and he's like, man, I just love Lord Byron. He's so cool. Like, don't talk to your wife about that stuff. You need to be, like, groveling at her feet constantly. Mm. Don't be complaining about poetic rivals. In my mind,
1: this whole thing is just like an episode of Maury. <laughs> yeah. It could be. It's always,
0: you are the father. <laughs> Insert sound effect here. Hi, we'd like to thank our new patron, Stacy. Stacy. I believe we have a connection to Stacy. I believe she is is part of the same co-op gallery that my mom is part of.
1: <laughs> I hope you really, really, really believe that, because if that's wrong, that's going to be upsetting for Stacy.
0: <laughs> I mean, if if not, I'm all ears. I'm so happy to hear what Stacy does.
1: Yes, yeah, Stacy, send us an email, and if that's not how you're connected to us. Let us know because, um, yeah. Anyway, we're just really glad that you joined. Mm-hmm. As always, we got, you know, an email saying that we had a new patron and I jumped up and down and squealed um, <laughs> on a couch. But it
0: was still accounted. That's true. Accounted. She squealed like a Thomas Jefferson hog. Is
2: that coming in? That's going to be in the right episode. <laughs> well, whatever. You'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that may not be in this episode at all. <laughs> oh. Stacy, Look, I know everybody says your mom is great. But I think you're great. And I think you got it going on. Oh, gosh. Stacey. Nice. Well,
2: okay. If you would also like to be thanked in an episode, you should consider becoming a patron, which you can do by going to patreon.com firethecannon fire the for $3 or more a month. You get access to all of our audio bonus content. And the more you give above that, you get some extra stuff. So just check it out. See if you're interested. Cha-ching. If you want to help us out. Without giving us money, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Both of those would be very helpful, and we'd appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. Now, back to the episode. Patreons have got it going on.
0: All right. All right. I appreciate that, Jack.
2: All right. Back to the episode. Yes, you can. Bye.
0: (laughs) Insert sound effects here.
2: So he only has like six months left to live and he is not done with affairs. He's gonna have to fit another one in. Okay. So he becomes friends with a woman named Jane Williams and she has a partner, a husband, I'm not really sure, but those two live in the same building as the Shelleys. And he wrote a lot of love poetry to her. And it was obvious that he was in love with her. And this caused a lot of tension between the two couples.
1: <laughs> he wrote a lot of love poetry to her. It was obvious he was in love with her.
2: <laughs> yeah. And her husband didn't like it.
0: So on this love poetry, does he? did he have plausible deniability with it? Was it like
1: vague enough that it One would... of the
2: poems is called With a Guitar to Jane. So I don't know about that. Eh,
1: there's a lot of people named Jane. (laughs) I
2: mean, I can read you one. Do you want me to read it and we can see if he could plausibly deny it?
1: Look, I'm just not going to believe this is about her unless it has her social security number in the title. We have to be sure.
0: We'll do a two-step verification.
2: (laughs) It's a little too
0: (laughs) Well, just read the first five lines.
2: Okay, I mean he could deny it in the first five. Okay, let me do the last ones, maybe.
0: Let's le- let do the first five lines, and then we'll we'll guess what the end of the last couplet is. Okay,
2: dear
1: Jane, in apartment three hundred four B,
2: Ariel to Miranda, take this slave of music for the sake of him who is the slave of thee, and teach it all the harmony in which thou canst, and only thou make the delighted spirit grow. Ugh. Sorry, glow. <laughs> <laughs> That's less gross. <laughs> Till joy denies itself again, and too intense is turned to pain. For And it keeps going and going and going. There's like no periods in this poem. Oh, it's cool. just one long thing almost. It's just all exclamation points.
1: Yeah. I would have really liked it if, if the poem actually went like, grow. Sorry, I mean glow. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
2: uh, I'm not talking about my
1: penis. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say it was called? The the joyful spirit?
2: With a guitar, comma, to Jane. No, no, no.
1: The thing that grows or glows. The spirit. Just the spirit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. Plausibly deniable. Yeah. Theo's like, I could pull it off. I mean, like, did he get
1: so many women because of his poetry? Or was there some other...
2: I don't know if he was hot. Let me see if he was hot.
1: It had to have been his poetry, then. He was rich.
2: Not, I mean, not really.
1: (laughs) I mean, no, he sounds like he was in a lot of debt and he had like a thousand kids.
2: I don't know if, I can't tell if this man is hot or not.
1: You can't Uh, tell? I guess I'm going to have to be the
2: judge. In some paintings, he looks like a beautiful woman, but in some he looks like a, Hmm. like just like a weirdo. I could take that. Let's see. What does that mean? (laughs) A man (laughs) looks like a beautiful woman. That's my type.
0: Okay. He pretty much always (laughs) is showing a little bit of skin. Clavicle yeah a little clavicle
2: a little clav how are these not women
0: no these don't look like women
2: that is a woman no sometimes he looks like a beautiful woman yes he does no byron i know was hot Shelley is probably like less hot and that probably made him feel worse <laughs> oh don't feel bad for him he's a bad guy <laughs>
0: i don't want him to feel worse
2: i'm
1: sorry but he really looks
2: like a woman sometimes
0: he doesn't really i don't what are you looking i could like? see why byron is attractive yeah
2: you're looking at Byron now?
0: Yeah, I could see it. Um, I feel yeah. bad for Shelley.
2: We're making an episode about him, and we're talking about how hot Lord <laughs> Byron
0: was. That's <laughs> like the last thing he would want. He got people pregnant so much better than Shelley did, too. You think? I'm just trying to throw in another competitive thing.
2: Oh, Okay. I
1: mean, okay. I found one thing where Shelley looks like he could be hot. Hold on, what if that's not him? I saw a bust of Shelley where he looked pretty hot. Never mind, that's a guy named Polidori. That's that's not Shelley. Sorry, that's Timothy Chalamet. Oh, sorry, that was a mirror. I got confused. (laughs)
0: Look up Percy Shelley hot. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's perfect. Okay.
2: (laughs) Who who's perfect?
1: Uh, He looked up Percy Shelley hot. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Well, then what happens? Okay. You keep teasing the end of his life.
2: I'm almost there. I'm seriously, I'm almost there.
1: (laughs) Well, she already said he died in a boating accident. (laughs)
2: Oh. Mysterious boating accident. Okay, ready? Yeah. Claire, for some reason, Shelly invites her to move back in with them. She does. Soon after that, they find out that her daughter, baby Allegra, had died in like where she was with Lord Byron.
1: <laughs> we have no reaction anymore. Every time you tell <laughs> us we find out a baby died, we're just like, let's move on. So <laughs>
2: Shelly is like mediating between Claire and Byron, figuring out where the where baby Allegra will be buried. And he's also like hallucinating quite a lot Mm. very soon after that mary has a miscarriage and she almost dies but shelly is able to like save her and he writes to his friend where he's like man mary and i don't get along at all anymore our marriage sucks I wish that I could blot out the past and the future and just live on a boat with Jane and her guitar. Oh, so he
1: went one up. He said, I want to not only blot out the past, I want to also blot out the future. The future. God, there really is a Bish curse. He's cursed. His kids are cursed. (laughs) He's the one. He's the Bish curse.
2: (laughs) I mean, if he quit moving his little babies all around Italy, they probably would have survived a little better. Anyway, so he he's having a bad time. The next week after he writes this, he wakes up everyone in the house and he's screaming because he had a nightmare where edward and jane williams were like zombies like walking corpses and that he himself was strangling mary Mm. and i don't know why he told anyone that like i would not tell anyone But he did. So this was mid-June. I'm thinking
1: twice about wanting to live in a room with Rachel again. (laughs) Because if she ever has a nightmare (laughs) about strangling me, she'll just be like, hey, Rachel, how was your night? It was fine. Nothing happened. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) Just making strangling movements. Just this is just what I do now. Mm -hmm. I had the same dream I've had for the past month. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Okay. So Shelley, for some reason, he and Edward Williams set sail on a boat to meet up with Lord Byron and some other people. And they're hanging out for a little bit and they're sailing back home with a very inexperienced crew and they get lost in a storm Hmm. Mary Shelley wrote that the boat like the design of the boat was flawed and that it wasn't seaworthy but actually what happened was there was like a severe storm that appeared and there were three guys on the boat and none of them were good at sailing so you know so 10 days later he washes ashore with like a badly decomposed body and they have like they identify it from his clothes and because he has a copy of Keats's work Lamia in one of his pockets which like it's crazy that they could identify a book but not a man but oh well
1: what, what if this is really dark but like i guess i listened to too much true crime but it's like what if keats was just like walking around thinking like how do i advertise lamia hmm, let me just stick this in there yeah in perfect there. it's weird this book was completely dry but Shelley was totally decomposed mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> he gets cremated on the beach and his ashes are interred in rome but so the next day a newspaper in england publishes this about his death let's see do you think it's going to be good or bad Probably bad. I think it's really rude. They wrote, Shelley, the writer of some infidel poetry, has been drowned. Now he knows whether there is God or no. (laughs) Wow. Yeah.
0: Damn. Okay. New goal. One of the people on this podcast has to get that in their obituary. now he slashed.
2: now he knows whether there is god or no yeah one last funny thing is um when they burned his body his heart wouldn't burn oh because he's a vampire and it was unusually small no because they think it was because of his tuberculosis like it kind of got like scarred over calcified but so when his body was burned they gave it some guy gave it to like a follower or, like, a friend of Shelley's who put it, like, preserved it Mm -hmm. and wouldn't give it to Mary. Why would Mary want it? I don't know. It was her husband. She didn't even like the guy. Why would she want his creepy heart? It was her husband. (laughs) She should have it if she wants it after what he
1: put her through. That's probably why he didn't want to give it to her. She was going to do some kind of weird voodoo with it.
2: Well, she can if she wants. But here's the funny thing, is that we don't know where it got buried. It says it was either at St. Peter's Church in Bournemouth? Bournemouth? I don't know. I don't care about British pronunciation or in Christchurch Priory. So we're not really sure. Hmm. So here's the thing. He had a bunch of kids. Awesome. But none of them lived. Like one of them survived. But the kid who survived, I think the kid who survived didn't end up having any children. So there's no Shelley descendants.
1: Man, like evolution culminated in Percy Shelley and said, Go 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 go! You've got to create more. You've got to create more, and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. That's mm. what he was doing his whole life was trying to just fulfill this one purpose. Yep. Yeah. And yet, as crazy as he was, and as I guess terrible of a partner as he seemed to be, he was a really good poet.
2: <laughs> yeah. It all evens out. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: mm. Yes. Yeah.
2: He was. Uh, his son ended up getting buried with the heart of his father. Wait, but we don't know where the heart is buried. We know where it is now.
0: I think it's because Shelley loved too much? It shrunk his
2: heart? <laughs> loved too many, that's for sure. Do you think he loved so much it shrunk his heart?
0: Yeah. Because your heart only has so much love to give.
2: He should have had like a Grinch situation, you know? Mm.
1: I don't know. It, maybe it's like, you know, how Donald Trump thinks that you only have a finite amount of energy and if you exercise it uses it up.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like
1: that's, I guess what Theo thinks that love is (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: it's just like it was a weird life it was a very crazy life and it's just funny because he and Lord Byron both had lives like this (laughs) they're going on at the same time you could not have been an attractive young woman anywhere in Europe at this time without hooking up with one of those two guys it seems hide your kids (laughs) hide your wife Seriously.
0: Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Was Frankenstein popular at the time? I assume it was, right?
2: I think it was. And, and a lot of people were like, oh, Shelley's the one who really wrote this. There's no way that she could have oh, done it. I see. I can find out exactly.
0: From what you were saying, it seemed like he was maybe popular in certain circles. But like Frankenstein would have probably been more popular among more people, right? Like she would have been more successful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think to this day... She's the bigger name among Mm -hmm. pop culture.
0: That's true. A lot of Frankenstein.
2: It seems like it was decently popular. Yeah, I think the first time it was published, it had like a normal amount of popularity. And then over time, it just kind of picked up speed. Apparently, at one point, Mary like changed it to make it less radical. Hmm. You know, that's why sometimes you'll see people who are like, oh, this is the original text of Frankenstein. Or sometimes people who are like, no, this is just Frankenstein.
1: We're going to cover that at some point, right? Because you said that you wrote like eight essays on Frankenstein or something.
2: Yeah, we will talk about Frankenstein. Don't worry. I don't want to talk too much about it now, but it definitely was polarizing. Like, it got the people going when it was published (sighs) for sure. It's provocative.
1: Yeah. It was provocative. I mean, yeah, Percy Shelley had a crazy life and I'm just like, I think about people having a life Like that, and I'm like, but you had to have had some quiet within you (laughs) to be able to write Ozymandias, right?
0: Yeah, when did he write all that stuff?
2: Yeah, when did he (laughs) have time? I mean, he never looked after his kids. He just paid people to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why they kept dying.
1: I guess I'm just like, okay, I'm not at all saying that, like, if you have mental illness, you can't be a good artist. I, that's not at all the case. Demonstrably but, untrue, yeah. Very demonstrably untrue. But I'm also just like, I want to know what he had, you know? Was, was he maybe, like, major depression with psychosis? Was he bipolar with psychosis? You know, because it's not like he wrote garbled nonsense as poetry. He wrote, like, very intelligent, very sophisticated poetry, but then he also seemed to be having delusions about zombies. So I'm just wondering how those two a things. A lot of
2: people think he had bipolar disorder. That that
1: seems like that would make sense.
2: Because even as a child, remember I told you that he would like sometimes fly into these rages. Yeah. And then he would like sometimes be very withdrawn. <sighs> that doesn't
1: necessarily mean bipolar.
2: I know. Well, there are other things as well. I'm just saying that it's possible that there was evidence of it from when he was younger. But he certainly like he had all these hallucinations, but we don't know were they caused by stress or was there like an underlying mental illness? He was definitely depressed. But he had a lot of reasons to be really, really sad. Yeah. So it's hard to know exactly
1: why was the boating accident mysterious. It sounds like it was very easily explained.
2: I mean, he did go out on a boat with like the husband of the woman he was having an affair with, and he didn't like him. <laughs> and his wife thought that the boat that Shelley designed was made with a secret flaw. Oh. So she seemed to think there was some like kind the of-
0: Death Star.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. So he kind of got Natalie Wooded. Maybe. I'm just saying it's kind of mysterious because nobody lived to tell the tale, as far as we know. I just wonder, like, when was he ever happy? Like, it doesn't seem like he was happy ever at all. (laughs) Like, elementary school, maybe, when he lived with his mom and sisters and just got to play outside? Maybe happy wasn't in the equation.
1: Yeah, it sounds like he didn't have happiness. It sounds like he had like mania.
2: (laughs) Yeah. He was constantly driven by something. I cut out so much of the stuff where it's like, then he moved here, then he moved here, then he moved here. I cut out almost all of it. And I still felt like I was saying it all the time, but he was constantly crisscrossing the continent and like Mm -hmm. moving to new towns and staying with friends and inviting people to live with him and just had all these plans and schemes. He just was never, ever content. He always had to be moving around and doing stuff
1: yeah it sounds like the majority of like his drive was to just like get more people or different people around him or different women or move to this new place like did he have stress that was like oh my god my art you know like did he worry about that he
2: frequently talked about his like jealousy of how he felt like he could never measure up to byron
1: okay not just in terms of like chin strength but also in terms of poetry
2: yeah poetry He really admired Byron's poetry. He really liked, like, there were a lot of good poets at the time. So I think that his work wasn't really respected as much back then because it was overshadowed a lot by the scandal. And I think Byron had a lot of scandal, but people still, I guess his work was just too undeniably good. Whereas with Shelley, it kind of picked up, like people appreciated it more over time.
1: Yeah. I wonder if he appreciated Byron Like, I'm sure he appreciated him just, you know, organically on some level. But I wonder if, like, (laughs) by being so close to him, like, by just having physical proximity, did that make him admire him more? Or did he put himself in physical proximity to Byron because he liked his poetry and thought maybe he could just, like, sponge some of that greatness up?
2: (laughs) Well, he met Byron because his... Stepsister-in-law thought that if she set them up as friends, oh, that's Byron right. would keep having sex with her.
1: Oh, so he didn't even do anything.
2: So I think he had read Byron's poetry before, and he he liked it. But he wasn't like it's not like he was a fanboy. You know, he wasn't trying to okay get put himself in his orbit. Mm-hmm. But they maintained a relationship after that.
1: I guess that's pretty cool that they managed to get along. <laughs> even with Uh, that like intense (laughs) it sounds like jealousy or at least envy
2: yeah i mean i'm sure byron didn't really wasn't jealous (laughs) (laughs) right it's probably just like dude keep your stepsister in law away from me (laughs) bring me my baby (laughs) all this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. well i mean now you know here's something odd to me is i i will frequently kind of google the writers that we cover and see do they have any descendants who are around today and i feel like more often than not they do not like their family line ends with them or like ends with their kids hmm. Hmm. which you remember from the brownings that happened to their son like just lived in a castle and gave money to opera
1: weird ass kid they had
2: yeah Yeah. the weird kid who might as well die if anyone's (laughs) curious listen to our valentine's day episode on the brownings it's very good because
1: wait the guy who said that oh that was nathaniel hawthorne that said that yeah about the kid yeah yeah Mm -hmm. oh god well that's yet another way in which we're similar to all the the great artists of history beautiful geniuses whose lines will end with us (laughs) not me don't say that about me (laughs) except for you No, no, no. You'll be fine.
2: <laughs> wow. That was so rude.
1: Man. What, Theo?
2: What, Theo?
0: This guy gives Bishes a bad name.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to see if Byron had any descendants who had kids or not. I mean, we know they some of them survived to adulthood at least.
1: I think Theo has another little joke sparkling in his eyes. I can see it.
2: <laughs> Tell us the joke.
1: I can't. Yes, you can.
0: It's just the same one again
2: what (laughs) giving bishes a bad name
1: but it continued to just i could i could i'm telling you i could see the light just like dancing around
0: well i was just thinking wouldn't it be funny if i just said that three more times before the end of the episode and got the same sort of (laughs) non-response
1: and we were just like oh this is embarrassing for theo i think we'll just ignore it Oh, come on. If you did it three times, that would be embarrassing. Jeff, put
0: that in the wiki. I had a great joke. Put it in the wiki. <laughs> Gives Bishes a bad name. Put it
1: under put anxiety number eight. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. that's clearly what this is.
0: <laughs> put it under a great joke topic.
1: Should we at some point tell the audience about the wiki? I guess we have to figure out like where it's going and whatnot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we have to figure out. Yeah.
2: Well, guys, what did you think about Lord Byron? No. <laughs> Oh, no. I did it wrong.
0: <laughs> he sounds awesome. He sounds really cool. <laughs>
2: really cool guy who has a lot of so descendants hot. alive to this day.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Did you really just do that?
2: I did. Sorry. Right,
1: let me Hold on. Let me do it.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, guys, what do you think about Thomas Jefferson Hogg? <laughs> oh, love him.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, no.
2: He sounded like he was having a good time, actually. Just, like, going around, scarfing up Shelley's leftovers or whatever
0: but he wasn't a poet right
2: uh he might have been let's see he was
1: just a hog wait who knows he's
2: just a hog despite all his
1: rage he was still just a hog in a cage
2: he's a barrister <laughs> best known for his friendship with shelly <laughs> wait oh my gosh i think he ended up marrying jane williams what who that <laughs> the girl with the guitar <laughs> oh i think hog did he hogged it <laughs> Is Wait, that we what what just know Hog? <laughs> yeah. They got married and he had two kids with her. <laughs>
0: oh my god. Oh my hog. You, you know he was like, all right, this is Hog's story now.
2: It's <laughs> <That's> hog time. <laughs> that is the funniest thing Hogg could possibly do.
0: He went fucking hog wild. <laughs> like he was just
1: hanging out on the periphery, like not really doing anything. Just like, oh I oh yeah, I'm gonna go down in history as being famous for just being Shelly's friend. And then he fucking Got with the, his latest soulmate, I guess.
2: It says, okay, the Wikipedia article says about him and Shelley. They remained good friends, but their relationship was sometimes strained because of Hogg's attraction to the women who were romantically involved with Shelley. He hit on <laughs> both of Shelley's wives and hooked up with probably at least one of them and some of his other lovers and ended up marrying. The woman Shelley was like, man, I just want to end my days with her and her guitar just sitting in a boat. <laughs> I think I would stop bringing this friend everywhere with me. What do you think is going to happen? Do you guys want to see a pic of Hogg?
0: Well, he didn't succeed until Jane, right?
2: He hooked up with several of them.
0: Oh, Yeah, she just said he slept with like both of his wives. I thought you had said he came on to them, but he didn't.
2: He came on to the first woman, probably hooked up with Mary Shelley. Take a look at this picture.
0: Is he wearing a bandana?
2: Oh my God he doesn't he does not what he doesn't look cute at all He doesn't look cute at all. <laughs> Why would you send me this? So you know what Hog looks like
0: I
1: mean, that looks like Ebenezer Scrooge.
0: yeah, I don't think I would just have a friend hang out who is like just hooking up with my girlfriend or something. you know what I mean
2: mm-hmm. He was probably like, oh, I'm glad you're doing that because it takes some attention off of me
1: mm-hmm mm.
2: Well, I will say this,
1: audience, if you liked hearing about how crazy Shelley's life was, but you're still feeling that... It's incomplete, your knowledge of him. It's incomplete. You're still feeling like you'd you'd like to understand a little bit more about his actual work. Come back next time and we're going to have my former poetry, my previous poetry professor, Ross White, discussing what is arguably Shelley's most famous poem and what ross says is his favorite poem of all time it's gonna get good so come back for that we're gonna have laughs we're gonna have information nice we're gonna have informative laughs Uh uh-huh
0: and and maybe he'll be redeemed giving bishes a good name
1: (laughs) yeah oh god Bish is a good name (laughs) 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 i still got
0: two more to do before the end of the app how am
1: i gonna fit that in oh well i think that counts as number two all right all right.
2: So, thanks thanks for listening to us talk about mostly Lord Byron but also a little bit about Shelley. All right. <laughs> if you want to support our work in Shelleyology, consider becoming a patron.
0: That's P A T R O N.
2: <laughs> no. If you'd like to follow along with us outside of our weekly episodes, you should check us out on Twitter or Instagram at Pod. We've also got a couple of Fire the Cannon podcast Facebook groups, and you can always email us at FireTheCannonPod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Our website, firethecannonpod.com. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks, See guys. See you next, next time. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.